Welcome to CropSense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, we have Dr. Adrian Gorney from North Carolina State University, Assistant Professor in Nematode Epidemiology and Management. Good morning, Dr. Gorney. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning. Thank you very much for having me today. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm uh, Adrian Gorney. I'm originally from Michigan, um, sort of southeast Michigan. I grew up there and I did my undergraduate in plant biology at Purdue University. So I'm a boilermaker at heart. <laughs> and then from there, I went to graduate school at Cornell University, where I studied the northern root knot nematode, Beloitigai uh, and Hapla, in Irish potato, um, white potato. We were looking at ways to um, manage this nematode in potato production um, and quantify levels that would lead to uh, considerable crop damage. From there, I came to uh, North Carolina State University in August of 2019. So I'm excited to be here. All right. So what is today we're talking about the guava root knot nematode. So can you just start off with where did it come from? Sure. So the guava root knot nematode, we believe, is a tropical species of nematode. It was first identified in China, um, and from there it has spread to several countries around the world. In the United States, it was first introduced into Puerto Rico um, in the 1980s, and then from there it was introduced to the mainland in Florida. And um, it, we believe that it has been introduced um, to North Carolina from Florida, it has also been identified in South Carolina as well. So we've had root knot nematodes in North Carolina for years and years. So why does this seem to be such a big problem? That's a great question. So indeed, we, we've had root knot nematodes in North Carolina for quite some time. Um, however, these nematodes are a different species. Um, the most common and prevalent uh, nematode is the southern root knot nematode, Melitigine incognita. So this guava root knot nematode is a different species. Um, it's called Meloidogyne enterlobii. Um, and it is unique in that it is able to overcome a lot of our host plant resistance genes. So these host plant resistance genes um, essentially make the plant immune to infection by the nematode. But in the case of the guava root knot nematode, it, they, these genes don't appear to be working and the nematode can easily overcome them, which is very concerning because host plant resistance is a very powerful tool when it works. Gotcha. So let's back up. Can you explain exactly what a nematode is for those that may have heard of it, but they might not know exactly what it is or, or what it looks like? For sure. That, that's a great question. So it's a uh, microscopic roundworm. Um, these worms live in the soil and um, they feed on plant roots. So in the nematode world, there's actually um, good guys and bad guys. Um, the good guys um, are sort of free living nematodes. They, they're very important in a lot of nutrient cycling um, activities, but then the bad guys are parasites of plants um, and they, they feed on the plant roots. They can compromise root growth and function um, lead to a decrease in water uptake and nutrient uptake. Um, and in the case of uh, crops such as sweet potato or carrot or white potato, where the marketable portion of the plant is grown underground, it can cause damage to that marketable plant portion and make it unsellable. So how do we know if we have 
so if we got root knots we're gonna be able to pull the roots up and we'll be able to see some some signs of those nematodes can you describe what we would look for in that situation if if a farmer's out in his field looking to see if he has root knot nematodes and also how do we know if we have the guava root knot nematode versus like southern root knot Great. Yeah. So this is very important. Um, one way to tell if um, there's a root knot nematode issue in the field is to go out and dig up a plant or two and actually look at the roots of the plant. Um, the damage will appear as uh, small galls or bumps along the root of the plant. And this is very indicative of, of root knot nematode. Um, in the case of soybean, where um, the plant forms the uh, rhizobium nodules, one way to tell the difference between a potential root knot nematode gall and those rhizobium nodules is to actually cut one in half. The rhizobium nodules will have a light pink color inside, whereas a nematode gall will be white or gray throughout. Um, but then uh, soil sampling is very important for um, nematode analysis. Um, collecting a soil sample from a field and sending this in to the NCDA nematode assay laboratory. And here, this will provide you information with um, the types of nematodes that might be present in the field and their population levels. From those population levels, that will offer a risk assessment, essentially how much risk of damage is there to a subsequent crop. Okay, so what? there's 100 counties in North Carolina. What percentage of counties do we know it's in? And what percentage do you think it's probably in that we're not aware of quite yet? Great. Yes. So um, it has been confirmed in approximately 13 counties um, in sort of the central part of the state. Unfortunately, in the heavy sweet potato growing areas um, have been confirmed positive for the guava root knot nematode. I should mention that the way to tell the difference between the guava root knot nematode and the, say, southern root knot nematode or the few other species of root knot nematode, this has to be done through a DNA molecular test that the NCDA uh, nematode lab performs. Um, when we look at these nematodes under the microscope, they look super similar. It's very difficult to tell them apart. But using this DNA test, we can get a definitive um, identification of the guava root knot nematode versus other species. Four. Okay, so what other crops, so we talked about sweet potatoes, what other crops does it affect and and what exactly types of symptoms? In sweet potatoes, we talked about the marketable portion of the crop is, is obviously not visually appealing, so that's going to affect the marketability, but what other effects would it have on some of the other crops? Sure. So unfortunately, the guava root knot nematode has a very broad host range. Um, host range refers to the number of different crops that it can infect and cause damage on. So the guava root knot nematode is able to infect sweet potato, tobacco, cotton, um, soybean, um, many different vegetables like um, peppers and tomatoes and uh, watermelon, many fruit crops as well. At the moment, we've um, discovered that the non-hosts, so the plants that it is not able to infect, um, include small grains like rye and oats and wheat, um, peanut and corn. So these may be good uh, rotational crop options. How do we control this thing? 
Sure. Yep. So there are several options. Um, first and foremost, starting with the soil sample and positive identification as to whether or not it is in the field is the, the critical first step. If a report comes back indicating that the nematode is present, we would then recommend um, a chemical um, option, um, so fumigation or a non-fumigant nematicide, and then rotating to non-host crops, um, such as those small grains or corn um, or peanut. We have found in our um, NCSU research trials that um, a telone fumigant um, performs quite well, and also um, some non-fumigant nematicides, such as vellum prime, can be very beneficial for controlling this thing. How long do we need to rotate out of susceptible crops and for us to get a, feel like we've done a good job of kind of suppressing it? Indeed. So um, the, the root knot nematodes in general, they can survive a couple of years in the soil without a suitable host crop. So we recommend rotating out of a host crop for at least two to three years. Okay. So what are, so what are some ways we can prevent it from from going, maybe we have some fields that obviously have it, some fields that don't have it. What are some sanitation or some other methods to kind of prevent it from becoming a bigger problem in more, more of our fields? Indeed. So in the case of the guava root knot nematode, prevention is the best medicine. Um, we don't want to move infected soil into clean fields. So if we um, are doing our regular soil sampling and we know where the nematode is, we can quarantine these fields on the farm and be careful not to move infected soil out of those fields. So um, being conscious of equipment that is coming out of fields that have the nematode, um, washing off that equipment, washing off shoes and truck tires. Um, also being very conscious about uh, planting certified slips. Um, so slips that are free of the nematode, um, including um, sweet potato slips that are free of soil and roots because this is how the nematode is frequently transferred into new fields. Anything else that we haven't covered that you want to talk about as far as the, the nematodes? I would encourage if anybody has questions, I'm always happy to, um, to answer those, and please feel free to reach out. All right. If you would like more information on the guava root knot nematode, you can find a best management practices sheet that Dr. Gorney put together by Googling NC. S-U-G-R-K-N, Best Management Practices, or as always, call your local cooperative extension agent. With that, we appreciate your time, Dr. Gorney. And uh, if, you, uh, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. If you've got friends that have sweet potatoes or tobacco, some other of the susceptible hosts for guava root nematode, please share this with them. And uh, as always... Uh, thanks for listening to Crop Sense, because if it's not making money, it's not making sense.